Hello, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Slave Vibes Only Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessica, and for those of you that are just tuning in to this episode, um, I am a wife, I am a mama, both bonus mom and mother of two beautiful, amazing, wonderful little twin girls, and I am a former teacher slash administrator in the early childhood education field, but most importantly, I am a Christian believer of God and I am a firm, firm, firm believer in transformation, which is what this podcast is truly, truly all about. We rally around transformation here in the Slave Vibes Only podcast in a way that just aims to share our personal transformation experiences with light and love and full of unapologetic authenticity for the the effect, you know, of generational impact and change and we realize here that you know we share our stories because we want to not only um be a light for others but really to impact the generation after us because our stories are their foundation and it's really just it's awesome to be able to share the wisdom that we've learned from the different trials and errors that we've encountered along the way and just um, the way that we've transformed and changed. And transformation is something that, you know, happens every day. You know, you never wake up the same, but it's it also is intentional sometimes too. You know, sometimes you have to transform in order to elevate to another level within your life. And I, always want this space to just be a place where we can just take off all the pretense and you know get really real and raw about how sometimes life tries to get you down and tries to tell you one thing but then you come out and you realize that that was really just a lesson that you were being taught so that you could shed something inside of you on the outside of you and just become new um that refiner's fire (laughs) y'all it's a real thing and i'm just so honored um to have a chance to create a space where we can really you know share those experiences and yeah (laughs) so if you're tuning in thank you so much for just being a part of the community and sharing, liking, subscribing. It's honestly amazing that you all are here and I'm just so grateful. So thank you. Um, I'm back from a two week hiatus. <laughs> um, your life be life in y'all for real, for real. And it's, It's just interesting, you know, being a mom and a wife and just kind of navigating this new normal of having schedules and then having changes to the schedule happen and then, 
you know, having to add things to your calendar and just figure out how to schedule life around these two little beings that I'm home with 24-7. <laughs> and it, you know, it, it, it has its moments. It takes, it takes its toll sometimes, but I am, I'm learning and I'm growing and I don't expect to be perfect at it but I definitely I want to grow and I want to improve every single day so I mean we're going to continue to be as regular as possible with these episodes but I will always let you all know if we're going to take a, a break in between episodes um but you know piggybacking um onto our last episode where I talked about kind of like my journey in finding love but more so finding self-love first before I was ready and available and open to finding real tangible relationship love um I got some really great feedback from some friends of mine off of that episode and I know that I got really personal um you know it started off really fun (laughs) gotta go back and listen because it really started and stemmed from me watching um the reality show love is blind and I was watching it and just kind of realized that it was a lot of unhealed people on that show just doing a lot of unhealed stuff and you know I'm nobody's therapist or coach or anything but real talk I know from my own experience that unhealed people you know that saying hurt people hurt people unhealed people hurt people and for me love has always been healing for me and it started with self-love so you can go back into that episode and really um listen to it um absorb it take it in um and i'd love to hear your feedback um because again i shared some really personal stuff that i don't i don't really talk about very often um only really my close friends my husband and my mom fully understand my background when it comes to the experience that I shared um I didn't touch I didn't I don't think I stayed on that very long in that episode but um it's a part of my story that I have come to accept and I know that as I as I share more and more, I'll become more comfortable with really talking and, and diving deep into the impact that that experience or I don't even know if experience is the right word. I think it's more like um, that violation. that uncomfortable very um just not very unacceptable and very just uh not great 
I guess, relationship, if it was a relationship, um, if you can call it that, um, was. So, again, go back, listen to the episode. <laughs> You'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, but I asked a question at the end of that episode, and I'm going to do that, like I said, with every episode moving forward. I'm going to ask a question and it's just a way kind of to engage with you guys and really explore the topic of these episodes a little more. And we talked about like your version of love is dot, dot, dot. Like, you know, the title of the show is love is blind. So I wanted you guys to fill in the blank and tell me what love is to you. And I got a really good response because I posted it on my stories and it talked to um, the person, shout out to my girl, Caitlin. What up, girl, if you're listening? Um, She answered and she said her answer was understanding that your partner's feelings are valid even though you may not understand or agree. So for her, love is understanding that your partner's feelings are valid, are 100% their truth, even though you may not understand or agree. And I definitely 100% agree with her because when you're in a partnership with somebody, and you're in a relationship you want to know that whether or not that person fully agrees with your opinion or your thoughts or your feelings that they they love you and support you and they validate you no matter what they still are like yep that's your truth and I understand that that is your truth and I think that that stems from just being open to communication you know communicating with that person and really seeking to hear them you know hear them hear their opinion hear their side and not wanting necessarily to jump in with your feelings and your opinions if you sit down with your partner and you're just like i just want to hear you i want to hear you and i want to connect with you and i want to empathize with you and it's not about me in this moment it's about you when you come into the conversation and the communication with that mindset i feel like it makes it so much easier to not be offended (laughs) and not seek to solve all the time sometimes your partner just wants to be heard so I definitely understand and I agree and I you know one of the things that I love about my husband and I's relationship is that we started out so strongly relying on communication for us communication was key it was the foundation for our relationship and it still is like i can tell when we're having a disconnect moment because i'm like we haven't communicated like we have not talked you know not not just you know a quick text here and there we haven't sat down and 
really connected. And so that's that's one of the things I'm discovering too about this parenthood journey, especially with twins. Whew. I'm gonna go into it in another episode, but it's definitely interesting to see how parenthood affects your marriage and your relationship. Um, so yeah, my husband and I definitely have to <laughs> go back on uh, and take a moment to communicate just to kind of connect because yeah, you know, it's rough out here in these, these twin parent streets sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, so thanks Caitlin for sharing and I appreciate it. Um, you guys still have, you know, chances to go back and listen to the episode and really respond to that question. Um, Because I'd love to share some more of your responses. So don't forget. But yeah. Um, Also, I did ask if you guys still wanted me to do a Love is Blind, like season finale reunion recap. I know a lot of people aren't even really talking about it anymore. But um, I went down a rabbit hole on TikTok when I was doing that episode last, you know, the two weeks ago. And there's even more information that's come out via some of the contestants so that you know that show is messy (laughs) congratulations to the couples that really came out of there like in love but ooh, it is reality tv so unfortunately the drama is real but let me know if you do want me to recap that show um or maybe the new season whenever it does come out let me know if you want me to do you know some episodes on that um because i would love to (laughs) uh share my thoughts (laughs) but we're gonna take a really quick break and when we come back i am going to kind of deep dive into what this episode is all about um and what the next couple of episodes are going to be about because we are you know starting out the month of may with a first our first episode in a series <laughs> of episodes so i'm super pumped and excited um to share with you so take that quick break and i will see you guys back in a few minutes listening thank you for sticking sticking around um because this episode is very near and dear to my heart because it is the first episode in a series that I'm gonna call dear mama hood uh it's the month of May and we're coming up on Mother's Day and you know it's funny because going into a little story time um you this you would think this is my first mother's day like my first actual real mother's day coming up but um it kind of sort of isn't um yeah it kind of sort of isn't because This time last year, um, I remember we did a Mother's Day brunch with my husband's side of the family. Um, Shout out to anyone that side of the family that's listening, by the way. 
And um, I remember we were all kind of like sitting at the table and they were going around like giving gifts and shouting out, you know, the moms at the table. And of course, I'm a bonus mom, too. So um, I think a lot of times and that's going to be a whole nother topic, too. A lot of times we tend to kind of forget about bonus moms, stepmoms, and the whole kind of scheme of like Mother's Day. But um, I remember I was sitting at the table and uh, I just kind of remember like looking at my mom and my husband with like this like side eye, like, mm. and um, they were, it was obviously his brunch, right? So there was mimosas there and stuff and I wasn't drinking. And there was a reason why I wasn't drinking. <laughs> and I remember looking over at my sister-in-law and she was like, you know, do you want a mimosa? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not drinking. And she was like, you're not drinking. And she looks at my brother-in-law and they're like, is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> is there some news you want to share? And I like looked at my husband, I'm like, no, 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 like, no. And they're like, are you sure? Like, what's, and I'm just like, no, I don't. And uh, I was like, you guys will find out around 4th of July. And they were like, oh, okay. Find out around 4th of July, huh? And I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll share that. Because I was pregnant. <laughs> Long story short. Um, I think I was only about four weeks at that point, four or five weeks, six weeks. Yeah. And we had just found out. So it was still pretty early and it was such a surreal moment to be sitting there and like really realizing that like my dream of becoming like a bio mom was like really happening um, because I'd always wanted to be a mom. Like from my earliest memories, I remember like I'm an only child. So when you're an only child, you have to kind of come up with imaginative ways to kind of entertain yourself because you don't have anybody else to play with. <laughs> and I remember from like my earliest like days of like creating stories and just scenarios in my head to kind of play out with my dolls and my you know myself I always was like getting married to my dream man and like being pregnant and having a baby <laughs> I think at one point too I actually like I had two like twin baby dolls so like I was pretending to have like twins too so a little foreshadowing I guess for my future <laughs> but I always wanted to be a mom um I honestly think I got into early childhood education almost as like a a, a segue for that like a, a a foundation to be a mom <laughs> um because I just loved children and I still love children to this day um and I love working with children too. Like early childhood education is still a deep, deep passion of mine. Um, although I needed to take a break from the field for a little bit. Um, 
but I always loved working with infants and toddlers. And, you know, those babies that I worked with really became my babies. I still connect with some of the families to this day. And I definitely think that working with those babies and just those families in general definitely laid some groundwork for the parent that I am today. But I met my husband and, you know, he had two children of his own already, you know, ex-wife, all that stuff. And so being a bonus mom was a part of, you know, that first beginning part of my motherhood journey, right? But I still had the desire to have my own bio children. And, you know, my husband and I kind of talked about it and, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, you know, I always wanted three kids, but, you know, I'll compromise. You give me two and we're done. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And he was like, all right, I'll give you two. He was like, we'll see how you feel after one, you know, just jokingly. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so we pretty much started trying like almost as soon as we got married. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be a mom. Like I'm ready. I'm ready. And you know, a month or two goes by, a couple cycles go by. And I realized that it wasn't happening as fast as I thought it would, right? And I'm sitting here like, I'm pretty healthy. Like my cycle's regular. Like I don't have any crazy issues. Why isn't this happening? And a couple more months go by, a couple more cycles and still nothing. And so my husband and I had to kind of sit down like a year into it and really kind of think about, okay, maybe there's something going on, you know? And, you know, he's, he's 38, 39, I'm 29. And I'm like, you know, this should be, this should be happening for us. Like, you're fairly healthy. My husband does have type 2 diabetes. Um, but, you know, and that's a whole nother story on how we found out that he had type 2 diabetes. Um, I can't wait to share you all, share with you all our actual, like, love story and the things that we've been through because it's definitely a, a testimony to the foundation of our relationship. But, we basically had to sit down and really be like, okay, something must be going on, right? Like there's gotta be something happening. And I remember writing in my journal almost every single month that it didn't happen. It was like this punch in the gut. And, you know, I was seeing friends announcing their pregnancies and people that got married right around the same time me and my husband got married they were announcing their pregnancies and it was just really hard to 
watch, you know, you're happy for these, you know, these families and these, these parents, but you're constantly questioning, why not me, Lord? Why isn't it my turn? Why did you give this desire to me to be a mother so bad, but you're not fulfilling that promise? And it was a press every single month to still be like, okay, let's try again. And once we got to like a year of trying and nothing happened, I was like, all right, I think I'm going to go see an OB and really get like some blood work done, get evaluated, find out what's going on. And so the first time I saw an OB, it was such a it was such a traumatic experience um, because I went to a clinic near my house, my house, um, one of the access clinics that you know I would go to regularly because I had a nurse practitioner as my primary, and I saw an OB on staff, and I wanted it to be a woman of color because again, as an African American woman, you know um, we face many health challenges that can affect fertility. Um, so I wanted to have a doctor of color that really understood that. And my experience with her was really just not the greatest. She basically was like, I'm going to give you the rundown because I don't know if I'm going to see you again. It's because you're overweight. You're overweight. And that's why you are not getting pregnant. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Okay. So we don't need to do any blood work. You just kind of know that that's the issue and so that appointment broke me <laughs> literally broke me and i remember i was so depressed after that like appointment but something inside me was like no we're gonna see somebody else we're gonna get a second opinion and we gonna find out what's going on and I remember, you know, my husband and I talked and, and he was like, you know, well, once you get checked out, um, if everything comes back normal, then, you know, I'll get checked out and we can kind of go from there. And so I said, okay. And that was, you know, all in 2021. And my husband had another health scare towards the end of 2021. And... I mean, I got my blood work done and, and I remember, you know, my doctor, the new OB that I went to see, she basically was like, you're, everything is great. Like all your blood work is great. All your hormone levels are where they need to be. Like there is nothing super alarming about anything that is going on with you. Maybe it's just a timing thing. And so I had to kind of come back to myself because like once you know I got those results done around the beginning of 2022 I believe and my husband was coming out of a health scare from the end of 2021 and I just kind of remember really sitting back and 
you know, I was also coming out of, there was so much stuff going on at the end of 2021, like my husband's health scare. I changed jobs at the beginning of 2022 because I was going through so much at that job that it was literally, literally physically causing me to go into a depression. I gained so much weight at the, you know, just from being around that toxic energy, um, that I had to kind of release and let go. And I had to, I knew at the end of 2021 that I was like, I need a change because I, A, if I'm trying to get pregnant, it's not gonna happen if I'm still working at this job because there's too much stress going on. My body is stressed. I'm in this toxic environment. I can't be here. Like something's gotta change. And right around the time that I came out of that job and started a new job I remember sitting back and just kind of getting to this point where I prayed and it just wasn't happening and I was just like you know what God maybe you're trying to tell me to let go (laughs) maybe you're like girl release because you can't I was holding on so tight y'all like so so tight to this this dream this desire that it was becoming this like huge idol in front of me and I really had to sit back and take stock of why I wanted to be a parent in the first place was I really ready? Was I in a space of joy? Did I love myself? Did I love my body? Like, was I back in a state of just excitement and just joy and happiness? And not necessarily like the superficial happiness, but just was I in the right spiritual, mental, emotional mindset to welcome a child into this energy? And were my, like, was my husband's and I relationship at a place where we were connected enough and then just back to where we once were so that we could welcome a life, a new life into this energy. And with everything that had happened with him at the end of 2021 and just having like that first health scare that he had in 2020 and then another one in 2021, like it was back to back. Like we had just hadn't, we weren't in that space that we were before 2020. Like we weren't connected as much as we should have been. And so right around like March, was when things started kind of lifting and I literally just said okay all right God I'm gonna let go I'm gonna go back to to doing the things that make me happy and bring me joy I started exercising again (laughs) I took a soul cycle class I was doing all the things right like I was like I'm gonna lose some weight for the summer like I'm gonna get my hot girl body back like we gonna do some things okay and you know april comes i could just feel my energy shifting like i was just i had decided that like i was gonna take the time to just have fun and 
be Jessica again and just kind of let go of the expectation of having a baby. I was like, all right, we're going to let this go. And we're just going to see what happens, Lord. I remember like, <laughs> so, okay, this is a story, right? Like I know myself around my cycle. Like when I am about to come on my cycle, and this may be a lot of information for whoever's listening, but I am just a raging B-I-T-C-H, okay? Like I am not the best person to be around. I have an attitude. I just want cuddles. That's it. Like I don't want you to talk to me. Like I don't want to be around people. I'm very antisocial. Like I just want to be cuddled up on the couch watching TV with some Reese's peanut butter cups and <laughs> like a big old sugary whatever like I just want to be left alone and I remember in that month of April 2022 I was looking at my app and it was the week before my cycle was supposed to come and I just remember having a thought in my head I was like I feel amazing. I'm like, I feel so good. Like, I have such a great attitude. I'm in such a positive headspace. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a little tired, but I feel amazing. Huh. Something's up. <laughs> and it was like, the next week and i think it was like three or four days before i was supposed to start my cycle and i was like mm, nothing's happened yet so maybe i should take a test and i'll never forget taking that pregnancy test and at this point you know i was so used to seeing like only one line on the test and it being negative i knew right and I think it was the morning of the 26th or 27th. I just remember taking the test and waiting the three minutes and then looking at it and being like, is that a line? Is that a line? Is that a second line? And I remember I took the picture and I sent it to my mom and I was like, mom, does this look like a line to you? And she was like, I don't know it's it's kind of faint she's like it look it looks like it might be a line and then i sent it to my husband i was like babe does this look like a line to you and he's like i don't know it's so faint like what? so i go to work and i only showed like one other person uh my friend uh and uh manager christina and i was like yo like what does this look like to you and she was like that looks like a line she was like uh, she's like girl you you might be pregnant and I was like, no, no. And she was like, no, go home and take another test, right? And so she was like, go get a digital. Because <laughs> at this point, I think I took a test like that morning. And then I took two when I got home the night before. And they were like, they were still faint, but they were still, but it was still like a second line. So she was like, you need to get a digital test and you need to take that and either say yes or no i went home i went to store i bought the test i came home and i 
you know, my husband was home from work and I was like, babe, I'm about to take this test. And he was like, he's like, okay. And I remember I had him pray beforehand, like, cause I was so nervous y'all. Like I was so, so nervous. And I remember he prayed and I just felt this sense of like peace come over me. Like whatever the outcome of the test, I was like, all right. I was like, this this going to be okay. I was still nervous, still excited, but I just, I was like, all right, whatever you want, God, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. And so took the test, waited the three minutes. I had it flipped over so that I couldn't see like any type of like beeping or anything. And, you know, three minute timer goes off. I flip the test and it was a big old yes with a plus sign next to the yes. And it's like you see those video reactions of the women just like crying after they see the test. And it's so cheesy in the moment, but like, y'all, I cried. I cried. I'm getting emotional thinking about it because my prayers were answered in that moment. And it was so overwhelming. And I was just so grateful. And I just came out the bathroom and I showed the test to my husband and he just held me. And it was one of the most special moments in my life. I will never forget that day. And some a part of me wishes that I would have like videotaped my reaction, but also it was so it was such a, a personal like moment and it was just I wasn't expecting that test to say yes. Like I, I wasn't expecting it at all. And it was just so, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. That was such a great day. And we like immediately called my mom and his mom and like had them on the phone. And I was like, I'm pregnant, y'all. <laughs> it was... That was a great day. It was a great day. It really was. It was the culmination of... Two years of trying, pretty much. And... Just like so many prayers so many just nights where I was like crying and just in tears because I wasn't sure it was gonna happen for me it was just such a good good moment Whew. okay I'm gonna take a short break <laughs> and then when I come back I really want to share with y'all my pregnancy journey and birth story 
and uh yeah it's just a whole other testimony on the other side of that positive chest y'all so don't go anywhere we're gonna be right back <laughs> We are on the other side of the positive pregnancy test. <laughs> um, at this point, it has been officially confirmed that your girl is expecting. <laughs> and I, you know, we were so excited, yo. Like, we were so excited. I don't even think I held it in. I, like, went to work and, like, immediately told them that I was like pregnant <laughs> I was so excited but I also was so paranoid like so so paranoid y'all like your girl I I hate to say this like I really hate to say this because this just sounds so crazy but like I bought so many pregnancy tests in those first like 10 weeks <laughs> Like, I was legit taking tests at work just to, like, double confirm that I was pregnant. Because when I say I had no, like, symptom symptoms other than, like, extreme exhaustion. Like, I was so tired all the time. And I wasn't really hungry or nauseous. I just had, like, I had some food aversions, like, I didn't, there were some moments where I just didn't want to eat anything, and I had, like, small moments of nausea, but no crazy, like, pregnancy symptoms, so because of that, my anxiety and paranoia kicked in and was like, are you really pregnant? Are you still pregnant? Like, what's happening here? What's going on? It was straight insanity, like, I just, I don't recommend, please, like, once the test confirms it, just wait for your eight-week doctor's appointment. It's going to be okay. Like, don't do what I did and buy a crap ton of, you know, pregnancy tests and then take them. Don't do that. It's not necessary. You got to stop. Um, but <laughs> one thing that in hindsight was probably the craziest yet best thing that I ever could have done was I opted to try to do a six week ultrasound. Now, in that early of a stage, they basically do what they call a, um, it's an internal, it's a vaginal ultrasound, basically. They take the ultrasound wand and, you know, put it up inside you and that's how they view the baby because it's so small in your uterus that it can't really be detected by the over the tummy ultrasound wand normal like normal ultrasound wand but because I was so anxious and slightly paranoid I couldn't wait till my eight-week appointment <laughs> I was like I need to know that the little 
you know, cells inside of me are doing what they need to do. And at six weeks, the baby, you know, it, it pretty much looks like a little shrimp. So we'll be able to see it. But we may not be able to, like, either way, I was like, I want to see if I can get an early ultrasound. And it turns out that there was a clinic here in Chicago that did that as early as six weeks. And so, but you obviously had to pay out of pocket because it was a private ultrasound. And so I decided to go and get the ultrasound done. And it was this cute little, like, strip mall private ultrasound place called little bellies little bellies ultrasound and you go in and it, you know the tv is huge on the wall and it's it's cozy there's a couch and a chair for you to sit in and i remember my mom drove up there with us and then greg my husband greg of course came with me and we get in there I lay down on the table, you know, she's like, all right, we're gonna, we might have to press a little hard to, to see something because you're so, it's so early. And I was like, not a problem. Like, I get it. I just, I need some reassurance. And she was like, okay. And so my husband has his phone out. He's ready to like film the first like sight of, you know, our baby. And the ultrasound tech swipes the wand across my abdomen and she stops for a second and then she goes back and she's like well okay I see two sacks and right then when she said that my husband dropped his phone and we both were like what you see what she was like yeah I see two amniotic sacks and we were like and she swipes the wand back over my abdomen and right there we saw it <laughs> two amniotic sacs two two y'all two i just two and the little flicker of their little heartbeats in the sacks and my husband she was like the text was like so you're having twins it looks like it's gonna be twins and I'll never forget, I looked at Greg and he looked at me and we were like, what? Two? There's two? And she was she gives us the strip of the pictures because, of course, you know, you could barely really see anything. But on the pictures, it was clearly two amniotic sacs. And... I walked out, we walked out of that place and we looked at the picture and we immediately told my mom, I was like, mom, it's twins. I'm having twins. And we called Greg's mom and she's like, Lord. <laughs> and I was in shock and I remember I FaceTimed my friends because at this point they knew I had told them um, around week four, week five, because um, I had like a little mini scare at work. It was a small accident, but I remember being on that FaceTime and being like, y'all, I got something to tell you, I got something to tell y'all, it's crazy, I got something to tell y'all. And 
my one of my friends is like, it's twins, isn't it? And I was like, what? I was like, girl, yes, yes, it's twins. She's like, oh my god. I'm like, and I just started bawling in the middle of Target on this call, this FaceTime call, because I just could not believe that like the thing that I had prayed so long and so hard for was coming in this form of a blessing and also like I didn't pray for twins y'all like that wasn't something I prayed for when I was praying to be pregnant (laughs) I didn't pray for twins (laughs) and I was just like lord twins too I was like I can't even wrap my head around two of them like that's insane and also such a blessing such a blessing and so you know went through the stages eight week checkup double confirmed that it was twins and then we shared with um the rest of the family and they were so excited and it was when I really saw them on that eight-week scan in their f- little shrimp form that I was like, yeah, this is real, y'all. Like, I am about to be a twin mom. Like, it's insane. I d- <laughs> just the amount of just the way that it happened. It was just, It's crazy, right? And, you know going through the pregnancy itself it was fairly uneventful um i did have a 15 week scare when i announced it on social media that weekend i ended up in the hospital when we came back um i ended up in the hospital um because i was bleeding a little bit and i'll never forget that day either because that was a journey too um That was a scary day Uh, because, again, you go through the waiting and just the promise of these two these two blessings. And then in an instant, it could be taken away from you. And it was so surreal sitting in that waiting room, waiting for those test results. And of course, you know, I was in the ER overnight because, you know, I was I was bleeding, but it wasn't it wasn't. It wasn't a huge bleed and they also could not find the source um they later on said that it probably was because i was dehydrated um and because i have an anterior placenta or had i should say had had an anterior placenta um which means that the placenta was on the top side of my uterus um but they still to this day can't tell me why um, I was bleeding that day. Um, but that was so that was a scare. But the rest of my pregnancy pretty much went off without a hitch. I mean, I had my slight bloating situation. I want to say I gained about 40 pounds the entire pregnancy. And that's because um, 
I also didn't really get to 40 weeks with them. And this part of the story is very, this part of the testimony is interesting because again, you get these two little miracles inside of you that's above and beyond anything that you could have ever dreamed of and in an instant it can be taken from you and i was so very hyper aware of that during my entire pregnancy that you know i look back and I wish that I could have been, even in the hyper-awareness though, I feel like I still had a sense of peace. Especially once we got further along into the pregnancy and I could feel them move. But I also was still hyper-anxious the entire time. Um, Girl, like I bought a heart monitor. There was so much stuff that I was doing to like make sure that they were... (laughs) growing how they needed to grow and doing what they needed to do but um at 29 weeks I had another bleeding scare and I went into the hospital for the bleeding situation and they took my blood pressure twice and it was high twice and the nurse came back and was like yeah so you have preeclampsia and we're probably gonna have to hospitalize you and I'm like okay so we were talking like overnight and they're like mm, it may it may be a little longer than that we have to see what we can do to get your blood pressure down and I was like okay lord all right and I mean preeclampsia is so it is a very dangerous aspect of pregnancy you know high blood pressure can lead to so many different complications just in regular life and think about it almost like 10 times that when you're pregnant and it's definitely something that happens in pregnancies with multiples and in african-american women pregnancies with multiples so i had all these factors kind of like moving against me and i'll never forget that second night in the hospital when the doctor came to me and was like so we're gonna have to keep you in here until you're 34 weeks because we want to deliver the babies at 34 weeks to make sure that it's safe for them and the anxiety of hearing that diagnosis and just being like what is going on god like why why does this have to be a part of my story why does this have to be the next step when 
I'm supposed to have a few more weeks before I, you know, before I enter into this motherhood journey. Like they, they need more time. Like they got to get bigger and they, you know, got to develop more. Like I don't, and I just remember crying and just being like, this is not how I envisioned this pregnancy going. Y'all, like, there's just so much more that, like, this would be an hour and a half, but I had so many feelings and emotions during that six weeks in the hospital, um, especially, you know, when I hit 30 weeks, I had an early labor scare. I, you know, my water broke prematurely. So I actually went into labor for about eight hours and they had to put me through a whole lot in order to stop my contractions and slow them down. Um, you know, they were basically prepping me to deliver the babies at 30 weeks, but then they were like, they're going to have to stay in the NICU for two months. And I was like, oh, no, Lord, we're not doing that. <laughs> I was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. I was like, I, I have been praying for these children and we are not doing that. Like, I was like, mm -mm, they're not coming now. They're not coming now. And I prayed through those contractions. And I said, they're going to slow down, Lord. They're going to slow down, Lord. And surely enough, they did. And the entire time that I was in that hospital, not only was I praying, was I praying, you know, my husband was praying, my mother was praying, my friends were praying. So many of you were praying just for a great outcome, you know, and praying for a miracle and a blessing and healing. But it was one of the scariest, most isolating times of my life. And such a, a hard way to enter into motherhood. Um, I had an amazing, you know, care staff. I had you know, I was also diagnosed with di gestational diabetes while I was in there. So, of course, I, you know, was on a, a different, you know, diet plan. So I couldn't eat what I wanted. <laughs> couldn't eat what I wanted. Was barely getting good rest because the hospital beds are not comfortable. Um, but it was a really hard time to really stay like it took so much in me to stay positive and really stay focused on what I wanted the outcome to be, which was the health and safety of myself and my babies. And I journaled, I prayed, I meditated, and I just was so 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 committed to staying connected with God even in the midst of the hurt and the pain that I was feeling of my pregnancy journey ending like this 
because I had expectations. I knew what I wanted and not being able to get that was hard to deal with. Not having the birth experience that I wanted was so hard to deal with. But the day that I delivered those babies, the day that I had that C-section and my babies came into this world, we made it to 34 weeks too. I mean, made it strong too. The doctors and nurses could not stop saying how impressed they were that I was as doing as well as I was in that in, in that unit. Like they were like, you're still smiling. You still have joy. Like the energy in this room, like my mom went above and beyond to make sure that I was comfortable in that room. She had like encouraging, you know, posters and flowers. And, you know, my friends came and they visited me while I was in there. My husband came as often as he could because he was working still. Um, I had such a support system, even in the midst of feeling so isolated, that that kept me strong as well. But the nurses and doctors were like, yeah, we were so like rooting for you to make it this far. And we're just so glad that you made it to 34 weeks. And they just were like, it's it's literally a miracle because a lot of women in your position don't make it this far and aren't doing as well as you're doing. And all I can say is that that was nothing short of God being so fully present in my life and in these babies and in their creation and in their, you know, he was so present that entire time and held me so close even in my deepest darkest moments and laying on that table with my husband next to me and hearing my babies cry and hearing them say these five pound babies they are they're the biggest 34 weekers we've ever seen <laughs> hearing that testimony is a moment i'll never forget and even seeing them in the NICU with all the wires hooked up to them it was still nothing short of like a miracle because there were so many moments where we we couldn't have made it, you know? And again, I'm just so grateful for that experience. Just so, so grateful. <sighs> Whew. And my babies were born November 26th. 2022 and my little Eva and my little Eden Eva Noel and Eden Rose and that was the day that 
my heart became so full and so complete. And I'm just so amazed at the journey that all three of us were on. <laughs> it's crazy how you can love two little beings so much. So emotional telling this story because there's just so there's so much and I'm trying to kind of condense it as much as I can because I just want to share so much of this testimony not to brag or anything but just to really encourage people who are praying for something so deeply you know the nights that you've been crying the nights that you have been just on your face, you know, praying and and almost grieving the the weight. It's all worth it. It's all worth it. And it there's nothing in this world like sitting in the middle of your answered prayer and seeing how hard God goes for you when you lay it all at his feet and really give him the glory in the midst of it all like the answer prayers and the miracles like it it's a thing it's real like can't nobody tell me anything different I mean my babies stayed in the NICU for nine days y'all that's it nine days and they were able to come home i had to come home and heal up for them and of course you know that was a hard time too leaving them in the hospital and and seeing you know them having to go up there and visit them and not having them home with me that was such a a hard period and i had to press you know and thank god for for people reaching out to me and praying for me through that the t that time because again I had to grapple with the anger of you know not having the birth experience and the the end of my pregnancy that I actually wanted I had to let go of the expectations and in letting go of the expectations I realized that like this was our story this was a story we were always meant to have and it was because these miracle babies, these babies that I was blessed with, they're here for a purpose. There's something that they're meant to do. They're meant to represent. And they are such a joy and a light in my life, even during the hard moments, because I just continue to look at them and I'm just so in awe of everything that their little lives had to go through just to get here to this earth and the fact that they chose me you know the fact that God was like yep these are yours here's your double portion and <laughs> again they only spent nine days in the NICU y'all and 
they were doing so well that they moved them to another side of the NICU in the middle of that stay. They moved them to the side where the babies who don't need all the interventions and stuff were. And they did that and they only stayed, I think, on that side for maybe two or three days after they moved them. Because they were doing so well. Like, there are so many other women that don't have that story. There's so many other babies that don't have that. And I'm so grateful for these two beautiful beings that I am blessed to call my children. And I'm so blessed to be their mom. Like, y'all, I'm telling you, I I just want to be I want to encourage you, if you're praying for something right now, if you're standing in the gap for something that you know is a desire, right? Whether it's marriage, whether it's babies, whether it's something for your business, for your career, whatever, and you've been pressing and praying for it, don't stop. Relinquish maybe the expectation of the timing right? Like maybe it's not going to come on your time, on the time that you think it should. But when it comes, it's going to blow your mind, right? It's going to blow your mind. You're not going to be able to stop it when it's ready. And it's going to be more, it's going to be exceedingly abundantly all above all that you could ask or think. Like, it's going to be way beyond that. So hold on. Don't give up. Keep pressing towards that mark. And it's going to all be worth it in the end. So I hope that you got a little bit of something from my share. Again, I tried to condense it because girl, like... Y'all don't understand, that was an entire year of just so much. (laughs) That journey for Eva and Eden to get here was just so much. But I really hope that it touched you in some way, right? I really hope that it resonated with you. And... I just can't wait. I can't wait to celebrate this Mother's Day, right? I can't wait. It's going to be a different vibe for my first Mother's Day. And I'm actually grateful that I recorded this episode because when you're in the thick of motherhood, it's so easy to forget the little things and even the journey to get to this point. It's so easy to kind of like forget about that. And all this did was just bring me such a new appreciation for these moments that I'm living in right now. So I'm just grateful that this episode was recorded. I needed this. Thank you, God. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> in closing, right? I want to pose a question that I'm going to continue to kind of It's going to be a question that's going to span basically the entirety of this series because 
this whole month, we're going to be talking about motherhood and all its different facets. Um, there's going to be an episode on motherhood in the middle of the pandemic um, because that was a whole different ball game. I have friends that, you know, had um, babies smack dab in the middle of the beginning of COVID, COVID and it was a different time. It was a completely different time and it transformed what motherhood looks like for a lot of people. And then I also want to touch on, you know, the mental health aspect of motherhood and the shifts and changes that, you know, the postpartum aspect of motherhood kind of brings. And I know I've faced some mental health challenges in the middle of that, and I have friends that have as well. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but this whole month is about motherhood. So the question that I want to pose to you all is, in whatever facet of motherhood, this is for my moms, whatever facet of motherhood you're in, bonus mom, adopted, you know, mother, um, surrogate mom, however, you know, what is one lesson that your motherhood journey has taught you? What's one lesson? For me, it's been patience and gratitude. And I know that's two lessons but patience is something that God continues to introduce to me in every aspect of my life and gratitude is just also it goes hand in hand for me um so I'm gonna post that and I just want you to share what's one lesson that your motherhood journey has taught you and I can't wait to hear you all's responses because I know I've got a lot of different age ranges of like moms who are in the thick of it. Um, I want to know your experiences. <laughs> I want to know your thoughts. <laughs> um, but yes. So again, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I cannot wait to deep dive more into this topic with you guys. And because it's been a really transformative um journey for me so don't forget to like and subscribe um for you know this episode um lord i can't even remember how to close this i'm just feeling so many emotions right now um but if you are listening on any platform whether it's apple Podcasts, um google Podcasts um spotify all that please don't forget to like and subscribe and hit that bell reminder button so that you don't miss an episode um and if you are listening on apple Podcasts, please 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 rate and leave a review for this podcast um because again all of the love is super appreciated and just allows this platform to impact more lives so i just really 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 am grateful for whatever feedback i get from you guys um and if you stayed for this long long episode thank you (laughs) i love you guys and i really appreciate it um so yeah this has been amazing and i want you to remember that however you do it you just don't forget to slay your way okay i love you guys so much and for tuning in. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great week.
Thanks for listening to the Slave Vibes Only podcast. If you love what you hear and would like to support future episodes and guests, feel free to donate through our listener support option on Spotify. Any amount is appreciated and helps grow our impact. This has been a Slave Vibes Media Production.